Hello again, everybody. Drew Zagorski here, and welcome to Venture Boldly, the podcast of the Discover Kalispell Chamber, your go-to source for all you need to know about what's happening in the business and local communities right here in Kalispell in the Flathead Valley. On today's episode, we're talking about the Flathead Valley economy, housing, growth, and more with Discover Kalispell board member and local appraisal real estate and development expert James Williamson of Sage Appraisal and Strategy. James recently presented on behalf of the Kalispell Chamber at the University of Montana's Bureau of Business and Economic Research's Roadshow Stop in Kalispell. James brings a distinctive blend of appraisal, sales, and development to the real estate industry. He serves as a trusted commercial and residential appraiser in northwest Montana for the area's top financial institutions, as well as being an active broker and developer. Previous to his real estate career, James worked for Aon Risk Solutions, managing the development of new insurance products and software systems. He holds a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and Management from Black Hills State University and is the owner of Sage Appraisal and Strategy. Before we get to that conversation, listen in as we learn a bit about our sponsors, and I'll be back with my conversation with James Williamson of Sage Appraisal and Strategy. Weyerhaeuser has been part of the Flathead Valley for decades, managing forests on a sustainable basis and manufacturing the wood products used in homes and countless other products we all depend on every day. At Weyerhaeuser, we understand that every decision we make can impact the health of our forests and the strength of our communities. That's why we're committed to ensuring that Montana's forests and communities continue to thrive today and for future generations. And Weyerhaeuser is hiring, so if you're interested in a career in an innovative, collaborative industry, check out our openings at wy.com forward slash careers. That's wy.com forward slash careers. If you want connection with other businesses, to be at the heart of the Kalispell and Flathead business community, to support action for creating a vibrant, thriving, growing climate, not just for your business, but for our entire business community, you want to be part of the Kalispell Chamber. As a catalyst for business growth, a convener of business leaders and influencers, and a champion for Kalispell and the entire Flathead community, becoming part of the Kalispell Chamber is an investment in the future of your business and our community. To learn more about becoming a partner of the Chamber, call 406-758-5054. Again, the number is 406-758-5054 or go to kalispellchamber.com. So, James, thanks for joining me today. Uh, A lot of information you're bringing to the table today. I want to start with a a recent presentation you made on behalf of the chamber at the University of Montana's Bureau of Business and Economic Research event in Kalispell. Give me the high-level view of how the economy is doing in Montana and what you talked about at that event. Yeah, so overall, we talk, you know, there's different buckets uh, to the economy. There's employment, there's housing, there's construction, tourism. You know, those are some of the, I guess, high level uh, in, you know, manufacturing. I should not, you know, exclude that. There's a lot of different buckets um, and a lot of different areas to the economy. But we kind of touched on those levels at a high level. And then some of it we dove into the, you know, more granular details uh, as far as Flathead County and the city of Kalispell. Uh, Overall, the economy, you know, we saw a moderate slowdown over 2023. But I think it's important to remember, you know, that's coming off of 2022 and 2021, which were really high years for us. So, you know, it was a slowdown, 
but not in so much of a, a, a really negative way. Some of it is is healthy. You know, some of it we obviously want to watch, but it was more, you know, the economy slowing down, the growth has slowed down a little bit. But if you look at a five-year trend line for the Flathead Valley, we're still on a growth trend line overall when you, you know, take right. into consideration our historical numbers here. I'm a baseball nerd, so I'll put it in baseball parlance. If I hit 400 one year and the next year I hit 378, it's not a fail. It's not a fail at all. Yeah, it's it's right. a down year from the one before, but it's still a good year overall. Right. Now let's talk about population. You know, our 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 population growth has kind of slowed down a little bit, but we're still growing. What does the data show regarding the slower growth? Yeah, so I'm a little bit of a nerd with all the data and uh so hopefully, you know, going into some of the details is okay. If you look at, you know, our average growth last year, uh, the census stated a 2.76% growth rate for 2023. And uh, our growth rate actually peaked in 2021 at 3.68%. So, mm. you know, almost an entire percentage point higher in 2021 uh, but if you go back five years, you know, let's go back to 2018, which was, you know, overall a healthy market, healthy growth, um, you know, a good economy for Montana and a good economy for Flathead. You know, those numbers were substantially lower. Those were closer to 2%, you know, depending on the year you take. But, you know, on a five-year average before this accelerated growth that we're seeing, it was always closer to 2%. So once again, we're seeing growth has slowed down from mm -hmm. the peaks that we saw, which I think a lot of us will, will think of that as, as a healthy trend, right? Because 3.68% being number one growing, you know, micropolitan area in the country <laughs> is, uh, it comes with a cost. And so, so we are down slightly, uh, but we're still seeing, you know, really strong growth numbers, you know, in that mid 2% is, is, you know, really a strong a growth curve that we're on. Right. Now, uh, for our listeners too, the presentation you gave at the uh, Bureau of Business and Economic Research event, we'll put a link to that in the episode notes because it's chock full of all these details and facts and figures if people want to really dive into the weeds on it. So we'll have it on the episode notes. I think but, that's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, again, continuing with the population still growing one of the themes that has run through several episodes of this podcast talking with business owners is the issue of housing. So what can you tell us about the state of real estate market right now in both terms of multifamily and single family homes? Yeah, I'm glad you broke that out. So, you know, let's consider single family first and then we'll uh, look at multifamily and then we'll compare the two and, and how they uh, correlate with each other. So on the single family, we are seeing, you know, less permits. We're seeing a slowdown in the construction. But I think one thing that's important to note on the single family construction is a shift in the construction. So not all new home construction, not all homes are equal, right? So we have, you know, your starting or entry point homes regardless of price point, those are, you know, the new construction at the lower end of the range, you right. know, then it goes starter homes, starter homes. Yep. And uh, then it goes up into obviously luxury homes, which are, you know, very popular, you know, here in the Flathead Valley. And what we saw in 2023 was actually a shift upwards 
for construction companies to where a lot of these new starts are, you know, mid-level, upper-level, and luxury homes. We're seeing less and less starts on townhomes. You know, we don't see, we haven't seen any row house construction here. And then mm-hmm. the, you know, the starter home that that entry point of the market. We're seeing very few of those homes starting construction. So, so you look at the numbers and it's it's down a little bit. But it's down substantially on the starting uh, point for homes, and it's actually up on the luxury homes. So, right. you know, I've Make, makes it kind of tough to get those entry level workers. Yeah, yeah, because you're not seeing these entry level homes being built, which obviously you know there's a demand for that, and when they're not being built, and all the resources, the material, and the labor are being put into luxury homes, it you know. It, it holds those house prices up and it, you know, start to drive them up as well. So it's a, it's an important piece to watch on these, you know, starter homes and that entry level. And there were, you know, a handful of developments throughout the flathead that had started in, you know, 2018 through 2022, you could drive around the Valley and you'd see a lot of these subdivisions mm-hmm. under construction that had townhouses, duplexes, and, you know, the smaller starter single family homes. And uh, those really slowed down. You don't see much of construction on that. And then when you talk to the builders in the Valley, you know, those that were building the starter entry level homes have now shifted and started building those mid to upper level homes. Okay. So what about on the multifamily front? Yeah. So the multifamily is different. So the pipeline on multifamily is is much slower than single family. So the planning, you know, the raising the capital, designing and putting the projects together, and then even constructing them takes so much longer that we have a longer timeline, a longer horizon on multifamily. And so what we're seeing now is a lot of multifamily that was started during the peak, started during 2021, 2022, it's now coming to the market and the multifamily market is is slower to you know respond but that also makes it you know let's call it you know chunky it doesn't move as fluid as the single family home mm-hmm. market and so we're starting to see this inventory of multifamily enter the market now we're seeing a lot of new units enter into the market and developers bankers you know everybody in that world is going to be watching how the market absorbs these new units. And so, you know, we're starting to see multifamily permits slowed down in 2023. We're seeing that trend continue in 2024. But a lot of that's due to the inventory that was planned and under construction for the last two years that's now entering the market. How the market absorbs those units will be, you know, a big indication of you know, what kind of multifamily we see being developed in the future. Have you checked out WorkforceFlathead.com? Workforce Flathead is a collaboration between local education, business, and government partners to connect students, businesses, and employers with each other. WorkforceFlathead.com is a custom-built online home for all things workforce in the Flathead Valley. You'll find business and education resources, jobs and job fair information, links to apprenticeships, and a whole lot more. There's even a library of locally produced career videos, perfect for students and job seekers, to introduce them to career paths in northwest Montana. To learn more, visit WorkforceFlathead.com today. This kind of dovetails into my next question, you know, because one of the things that we 
here in the Valley really cherish are our views and our open spaces, right? And with the need to provide housing, that's kind of butting heads with the goal of creating spaces for housing and keeping the natural beauty of our environment available to us by just looking out the window, for example. A nonprofit called Headwaters Economics issued a report, and we'll put a link to this online as well, that was talking about the conversion of open space to various forms of housing development. How do you think Kalispell and the Flathead as a whole can find that sweet spot where we can keep our open spaces and our views while accommodating for the growth of uh, the need for housing and the popula- as the population expands? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, I think one thing that's important to point out here is this is not just a challenge that Kalispell or Flathead is facing. When you look at the, the map of development across the state of Montana, you know, it's impacting open space all across the country count, you know, every county all across the state. And so, mm-hmm. you know, this is a, a problem that the states, the counties and the cities all need to work on together. I, I do think it's important and it's important to all of us that live here to, you know, maintain those views and the open space that we have. And and with that, it has to be a, a public-private partnership, right? So on the public side, the the infrastructure, the structure of the how the public, you know, sector runs their piece of it impacts where the developments and what type of developments take place. And, you know, in response to that, then the developers, you know, choose where to develop homes, whether it's, you know, single family homes or multifamily homes. So there's one really good example here in Kalispell, the Parkline Trail that we're all familiar mm-hmm. with. It's, you know, that was started, you know, the city of Kalispell, there was many different entities that helped with that Montana West Economic Development. I know the chamber was involved. There's these, you know, public entities that helped, you know, lay the groundwork and get those grants, get that cleaned up, get the trail paved. And once that took place, what followed was the private development. So you start to see multifamily, commercial, a lot of that's following the Parkline Trail. If you go along the trail, you'll see there's, there's you know, multiple developments underway right now that are going to be opening this year that are you know really exciting high density multifamily properties along that trail that doesn't exist if you know if the city and all the entities involved didn't lay that groundwork for the developers to follow in their footsteps and so mm-hmm. that's that private public uh, partnership that I'm talking about and conversely when you look at where the single family homes are being built and you look at the county versus the city, by and large, a lot of the single family construction is being built in the county. And, you know, there's reasons for that. It's the city and the county have different building requirements, different, you know, barriers to entry for developers and builders to enter those markets. And and there's good reason for that, right? I mean, the cities have higher density, higher population, higher use. So the building right. standards need to be higher. So, you know, that that piece of it can't change. But when these developers are, you know, tasked with building out that infrastructure in order to build single family, you know, within the city limits, what it does is, you know, they follow the path of least resistance and go to the county where those requirements are not in place. And you start to see, you know, more single family development in the county. So I think there's, we have some good examples and some bad examples of how this problem can be solved. But, you know, we have 
we've seen where it works, right? That public-private partnership. We have some success right here on our front uh, doorstep. And if we could continue to follow that path where the public and the private continue to work together on infrastructure planning, all of that, I think we could still, you know, see some of that open space and those views be protected. Now, I want to talk about cost of living. You know, compared to the national average, as well as the statewide average, the data really kind of show that CalSpo ranks is more affordable than a lot of the other metro areas in Montana, including Helena and Missoula. Do you think this is a trend that'll hold and why or why not? Yeah, so it's hard to anticipate what the trend is going to be. I I don't anticipate it holding for a number of reasons. You know, one we touched on earlier, and that's, you know, single family construction and how that's shifting here in the flathead to more luxury single family uh, living. And uh, the second point behind that is, you know, not all data is created equal. (laughs) And, you know, with that, you can get, you know, real time data on housing costs, right? Like what is the median home price in Kalispell, Montana right now? I can get that. One thing that's difficult and, you know, many entities struggle with is what is the average rent in a market in any of these markets, right? And so a lot of that data is lagging behind. And so when that's lagging behind and the other data is accurate, you know, you can see where the new construction homes are being built. You can see what the median home prices are. You start to get these you know, discrepancies in the cost of living and, you know, what that data is telling us. And so without a up-to-date, you know, without a clear picture at, you know, this point in time on all data sets, it has shifted. And and I think we're seeing even the multifamily rents are lagging behind here Mm -hmm. in the Flathead Valley, because what you, what, you know, what we consider the average rent, and then you look at the market of what you can actually rent something for today are two different things. And so we've already started to see that shift where it is, you know, less affordable here than it was, say, a year ago. And I think, you know, with the construction trends that we're seeing right now, it comes down to supply and demand, right? If there's right. no entry level homes and, you know, it's you go from an apartment to a $600,000 house, there's nothing in between it, you know, that starts right. to impact the cost of living here in the Flathead Valley. So I do see it shifting going forward. You know, with that one trend line that I like to follow is the median home price. You take that and look at the interest rates and see, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, what is the average mortgage on the median home price, you know, with the current interest rates versus the cost to rent? And if you follow that trend line back, we actually saw it's about 2015, 2016 is when we saw that trend switch from you know, home affordability being more expensive than renting, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that gap has just continued to widen over the last seven, eight years. And it, you know, appears to be accelerating, you know, even currently with the conditions we have. So, James, I, I want to clarify something because I have a thought. You know, you see a lot of this, this economic news on the national news and, you know, different if you travel you see different local news stations talking about it and you know a lot of times when people talk about cost of living that's what they're thinking about when they're in the grocery store right so there's a there's a lot of things that go into cost of living how do you what what's that formula look like for you 
Yeah, that's a good question. And we've you know obviously talked a lot about housing on this podcast. And and it's not just housing. That's actually, you know, one category in the cost of living in it. And it's not, it doesn't encompass the entire thing. And in fact, it encompasses a small portion of that. So cost of living, you know, you got to look at everything in our daily lives. So what's the you know average cost of fuel in our market compared to other markets? What is our average cost of groceries in our market compared to others? Uh, healthcare is a huge component of that. Childcare, mm-hmm. you know, what's the cost of childcare? Transportation, how far are people traveling to, you know, how much does the average person travel to get from their place of living to their place of work? You know, that, that factors into it as well. So it looks at all of those components that it takes to live on a, on a daily basis. You know, what are the costs of insurance? What, you know, all of those added up is what we're looking at when we say it's more affordable here versus Missoula or Helena. And a lot of those components could be, you know, childcare, healthcare, groceries, you know, fuel, everything else that goes mm-hmm. into li- daily life. Yeah. So when you think of cost of living, it is what it is. Sounds like it's the cost of living. Everything you touch and do and experience is not just one thing or another. So a lot of moving parts. Exactly. Yeah. So James, now I want to, I want to ask you to get out your crystal ball. You know, we're really, as we record this, we're only midway through the first quarter of the year. What are your projections for the local economy for the rest of 24? And is there anything in particular that stands out to you? Yeah, that's, it's always scary when somebody asks to get out the crystal ball. <laughs> I try to be a little bit cautious with the you know forward projections, but it, it can be a little bit of fun too at the same time. You know, I think if you look pat back over the past year, look at where we're at today and try to take into consideration how does that all impact us moving forward. I continue to see, you know, a healthy growth pattern here for the Flathead Valley. You know, once again, we we saw some declines, but it gives us an opportunity to to have more of a healthy growth. You know, get our feet under us. Employment starting to return back to more of a normal where companies can get fully staffed. They can hire the you know well qualified people that they need. It's not as crazy as it has been in the past, and all of that can be good. You know, even a, a little bit of a slowdown can be welcome, and it can be good for the long term. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, what I see moving forward. And and we're not facing, you know, this year looking at, you know, things like the past, you know, we're not overbuilt like 2006 with, you know, supplement of homes and, you know, properties on the market that are available. We have a low inventory. So that's not the same, you know, the loans that have been underwritten, those are different, you know, than 2008, you know, the pandemic, you know, that, that it was all different than what we're looking at today. Right. And so, you know, from where, from what I see today, I see a pretty healthy, steady 2024 ahead of us. Any other final thoughts you want to share? Uh, thanks for having me on today. This was great. And uh, I appreciate all that the chamber does for the Valley. I think it's a, it's a huge benefit to, to all of us in, in business in the community alike. And, you know, what they, the information they bring and the education is invaluable. 
I appreciate you too, James. And thank you for coming on today and sharing all this information. Again, we'll have some links in the episode notes to those presentations and the, in the reports that we referenced. Um, and thanks to all our listeners as well for listening to this episode of Venture Bowley, the podcast of the Discover Kalispell Chamber. We'd love to hear your thoughts about today's topic and about the podcast in general. You can listen at kalispellchamber.com forward slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can reach out and connect with us via the contact page at kalispellchamber.com or via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kalispell Chamber. I'm your host, Drew Zagorski. He's James Williamson of Sage Appraisal and Strategy. Venture Boldly, friends. Appearance on the Venture Boldly podcast does not constitute an endorsement of goods or services. The Venture Boldly podcast is a production of the Discover Kalispell Chamber and is produced by the Chamber in partnership with Left Brain, Right Brain Marketing. You can find the Discover Kalispell Chamber at kalispellchamber.com and Left Brain, Right Brain Marketing at lbrbm.com.